0: hey hardcore honey listeners got another episode coming this week at ya, and we got as always hard-headed jade auxiliary things johnson and you got me tj trying to prevent things getting too crazy and this
1: week we got our new uh we got a guest josh how's it going Hey, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Oh. Uh, happy to be on with uh, the great Taylor and Jade. Heard wonderful things through the grapevine.
0: Well, I'm glad that's. I'm glad it's that instead of some other things that I'm sure we could have been brought up about us. <laughs> so at least we got that going for us, Jade.
1: Um, Josh, do you have anything to plug before we start off today? New, any new work? Yeah, so just go check out Belly Up Sports. There's a bunch of. Great other writers and podcasters you can check out. And for individual work, if you want to go check out Bench Warmers and Burners podcast, all social media handles is the BNB, the letters pod. Uh, go check it out. We do a show once a week and then we just have a variety of guests from sports bettors, fans, uh, and former college athletes. So go check it out.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks for that, Josh. So now then we're just going to give a little bit of a rundown of what we're doing today for you guys. So We're going to bring up just the lower seeds of the playoffs that we got going on. So we got a little bit on which teams don't really necessarily be there. What is this going to be compared up with the lower seeds, the top seeds, and then just a little bit of the extra fat that we always continue to put on it. So starting off, I think, is pretty much of a simple question, and we'll throw this over to you, Josh, first. Mm -hmm. Which team has no reason to be there?
1: Well, it's funny when you say singular, what team has no reason to be there? Because you could kind of make it plural. You could say what teams don't deserve to be there. Just to start off easily, uh, Washington too. They weren't really going to, uh, the Wizards weren't really going to be much of an impact. They're kind of like background characters. You know how like when you watch a movie, there's like all those bad guys that you got to get rid of before you get to like the main villain. So when Enough you look at, yeah. When you look look at teams like the Wizards like they lost Berton so they're obviously not going to be a threat and then when you start looking at some of the mathematical teams in the West uh, and you just see what they have to go through like the Phoenix Suns is another perfect example but I feel like they have more talent than the Wizards but the Suns they only play one team in that eight game that they're given they only play one team that's above them Uh, then they have a realistic shot of leapfrogging once so they don't even really control their own destiny so they have to hope that these other teams get these losses for them to really be able to do that so I feel like when you look at it, there are a decent amount of teams, but I personally feel like it's the Wizards. Jade, how about you?
2: Yeah, the Wizards jumped to mind first as well. But kind of in hindsight, the Nets are, I think, in that conversation too. Just having lost everybody that they've lost, uh, KD, wasn't getting, KD and Kyrie weren't going to be there anyways, but they, they've also lost other a couple other players since then. Um, I don't think Dinwiddie is going, and there's somebody else.
1: DeAndre
2: Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, right. Who's Jordan not showing Chandler's
1: up.
0: Just opted out, too. So and that Chandler. was another solid scoring option now. Gone. They're
2: basically G League playing for playoff position. And I think, as the standings are now, they are in.
0: Yeah, they're seventh. They're seventh. But... I, I know that because Timberwolves get their pick if they stay in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm crossing fingers.
2: So I'm interested to see how that plays out because... Like Josh is saying, the Wizards really don't have any business being there anyways. And they don't want to win, I don't think. I think they have some pretty solid reasons to not do super great uh, to finish off the season. And then Indiana with Depot opting out too. Mm-hmm. is kind of like, which I expected that. I wasn't surprised at all to hear that he wasn't going to play. I would have been surprised if he did because he's not going to be in form anyways. He needs a good solid season worth of regular season games to get back anyway. So why risk getting hurt in the bubble? So that wasn't a surprise for me. So yeah. And then Phoenix, I don't think has a snowball's chance in hell either. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be interesting.
0: So I'll just break down. Okay. What teams are bottom feeders right now in the playoffs? So we have uh, Portland who is right there. And then we got new Orleans, Sacramento San Antonio, and then the Suns, and then Memphis running on that eighth seed. And then in the Eastern Conference, at that eighth seed, it is the Magic, and then it's the Wizards, so the lone Eastern Conference team. Uh, So out of the Orlando Magic and, uh, and Memphis, Jade, which team is more than likely going to get knocked out? Both teams have to have kind of a meltdown, I may add, Looking at their schedule, they have to both have a kind of tough meltdown for teams to get into it.
2: Yeah, I think just looking at their schedules, I mean, Memphis was playing really good ball this season. Um, I was really impressed with them. But I think something that might come to bite them is it being a younger team with a younger star. I don't know how well they're going to be able to adapt to The interruption. I think some of the veteran teams are going to be able to get in the right headspace a little bit easier. So I'm a little bit worried about Memphis, even though I think their schedule's maybe a little bit easier than Orlando's.
0: Yes, Memphis's is slightly easier than Orlando. So Um,
2: there's that to consider too. And I mean, Orlando doesn't have a lot of deep playoff um, experience on this particular roster either.
0: So I don't know. I don't know if I can pick one over the other. I think it's kind of 50-50 between them. 50-50. Josh, do you see Memphis or Orlando having extreme meltdowns?
1: It, it'll be pretty close to say. The issue with Orlando is they, they've always just kind of had a lack of talent. And when you look at it, when they just started kind of figuring it out too, it just seems like Aaron Gordon, who they always try and make like an, a Blake Griffin, but to me he's more kind of like a Draymond Green where he's just – really above average on everything and not super excel on one thing except for maybe defense so when you look at them you're like oh they don't really have the talent you look at memphis on the other hand you're like yeah you kind of they kind of have the talent they're just really raw the the pressure of having four to five teams just breathing down your neck and then when you look at their schedule too compared to the pelicans i think that the pelicans are probably going to be able to leapfrog over memphis because they only have one really top five opponent if you look at it it's the clippers because the Pelicans get the easy walkthrough of the Spurs, the Magic, which we're talking about right now, and then Sacramento Kings twice compared to Memphis. I don't know. It's going to be hard. Uh, we'll really see because I think the Pelicans have the best shot of leapfrogging Memphis. But I just don't want to bet against Jaw. Jaw really, he, he's like reminiscent of like a rookie Dwayne Wade or like a rookie Derrick Rose taking his team to the playoffs as an eight seed. So I see the comparison. I just don't know. I just, Zion in the small sample size, the man was averaging like 22 points. It's hard. And then they got Lonzo too. He's a lockdown defender. It's just the Pelicans just on paper, that they have so much more talent than Orlando and Memphis. So it's just hard. And then the NBA gave them a favorable schedule. So I got to go with, I think I think Memphis is going to get knocked out.
0: You think Memphis is? I mean, when you look at the talent behind, because not even just New Orleans, you got Portland where Damian, look, this is a team that, was Western Conference Finals last I year, and they've just dealt with some bad injuries this year. So with to CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, and Yusuf Nurkic is a very integral piece for that team.
2: I don't know. I'm not sold on Portland. I wasn't not sold on Portland last year. I thought they overachieved last year, big time. Yes. So I I'm not, and the fact that they were the only team that voted no, I really question how competitive they're going to actually be when they show up like how much are they actually going to care when the players didn't want to be there anyways
0: speaking of that so Jade, how surprised are you that they only have one player skipping out on it and that's uh, trevor Ariza?
2: yeah i mean that does surprise me i I'm, i would like to be a fly on the wall in whatever conversation they've had throughout because It seems incongruous, the fact that everybody is showing up with the fact that the team voted not to go to the bubble based on, from the reports I've seen, based on what the players were saying. So I am a bit surprised that they only had the one opt-out. And had it not been for extenuating circumstances with his baby mama, Trevor Reza probably
0: would have shown up too. I guess, yeah. I mean, once you mix that, once you mix the family part aspect to it, it's for, it, for me, it's hard a little bit to go against with that. Talking about lower teams, this is more of a playoff vibe for them. Top teams, is this a preseason vibe for them, Jade? Mm, that's a good question.
2: I don't think it is because I think the top teams are going to be in that headspace where it's like, this is what we have left to get to be ready for the playoffs. I think teams with a lot of veterans like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Raptors, even Boston with Kemba there, I think their mindset is going to be, yeah, these are seeding games and we're already in the playoffs, but we have to get ready from having been on a break. So I think we're going to see a little more intensity than we maybe would have seen in the last eight games of the regular season had it not been interrupted. For top teams, a lot of that's just like, okay, we just got to finish out the season. We're getting ready for playoffs now. But I think because they haven't been playing, it's going to be imperative for them to get that, Energy and that chemistry back, and they're gonna have to bring it in order to get to that level to be ready to go into the playoffs.
0: Okay. What about uh, you, Josh? Is this preseason or getting ready for play playoff mode for the difference?
1: I think it's more preseason for the like Canon Father earlier teams than the. I, I agree with Jade wholeheartedly. I feel like these upper echelon teams, this is like do or die because. For these eight teams, when you look at it, you're like, oh, we're four games back. We have eight games total. Um, you know what I mean? This is like a lot of work. But when you look at these upper echelon teams, some of them are secure. Like the Lakers realistically look like they're going to have the number one almost on lock unless you have the Clippers go completely. And then same thing with the Bucks. Even with that mindset, I still think that they're going to take it a lot more serious because they're just there's just so much pressure to do really well coming back early. There's no traveling, if that makes any sense. No. So yeah. it's not like one of those things like, oh, they really got us in Philly. You know what? Don't worry. We're going to come back to L.A., get some home cooking. There's none of that. It's like you just go up to your hotel room. So if you just lose, bang, 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 two in a row, and it's going to be something like 82 games in the span of two weeks. It's almost like 82 games holistically. I think that for these upper teams, especially because they're most of the upper teams, except for Denver, uh, like the top two and top three of the East and West, they're, they're all pretty veteran teams. if they Or they, at least they have guys that are pretty veteran compared to Denver. When you look at it, Jokic is their guy, but who do they really have? Like, you know, they have LeBron on the Lakers, Kawhi on the Clippers. You even have all these guys that can really ring in these younger guys that w- w- won't take it as serious.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of the travel part, will the non travel actually have an impact on the players? For example, my Timberwolves, they have the worst travel schedule for the entire year, just mileage wise. So, mm-hmm. how will this affect? Just the health of the players, not necessarily like COVID related, but when it comes to like a knee injury or an ankle injury, are we going to see Josh more injuries through this stuff since players are getting off of a long break and bam, it's already we got to be in like a playoff state of mind?
1: I think that the lack of travel necessarily won't add the injuries. I just think it is just the lack of high intensity because after that you're going from full speed and then it'll be a little bit weird too because at least you're used to a crowd there giving you a little adrenaline blues like oh man i'm kind of tired but when you all you hear is like the squeaky sneakers i don't know man you might be out there like huffing and puffing a little bit you might uh you know you might not be as inclined that that knee that might hurt a little bit that you don't notice when you score a dunk and 18,000 people are cheering when you land when it's dead silent you might oh man that knee kind of hurt it's just, there's, so, there's so many things there's just so many variables that we just have not we just can't factor in because this never happened. Anyone that's like, "Oh yeah, you just got to look at this trend because this was a lockout season when the Celtics won or yada yada. None, none of that applies. This is all brand new. But I do think that the lack of travel is going to affect some teams because I've seen two big arguments. One is that the younger teams that are used to AAU tournaments where it's like you play two, three games in one day in multiple different courts, they're going to translate to this. And then the other one is like Oh, superstars win you games. So like LeBron can play on an aircraft carrier during a hurricane against Giannis and those two won't flinch. So it's like, which one is it? The young guys that are more kind of acclimated to this or the veterans. So it, it we will see. I, I think that the injuries are more just going to be from just ramping it up. But those guys got the best medical staff. So, you know, they're not going to send them out there unless they're ready. So, okay. Jay, do you
0: think travel means anything or just means jack squat?
2: I think travel always means anything like I have kind of a, a larger overall impression of how much travel affects the players because
0: you being from uh, Toronto.
2: No, for everybody, everybody, because a couple of seasons ago, the per- person who used to sit down and make the schedule for the whole NBA retired and they plugged everything into a computer and The scheduling and the amount of travel changed drastically because there was no human to say, okay, well, if a team's going to San Antonio, let's make sure they do Dallas and Houston all at the same time while they're down there. And then maybe they'll hit Atlanta and it'll be it'll be a travel schedule that makes sense on the way around, that doesn't happen anymore. And I I, I need one more season, and I'm going to do a deep dive and try and see if I can quantify what I'm thinking. But I think the injuries went up drastically after that happened.
0: serious injuries. Serious injuries. <laughs> serious injuries. <laughs>
2: the broken hands, the ankles, all of that stuff.
0: ACLs everywhere. In the,
2: in the last couple seasons, there's been a big uptick. And I think there might be a correlation between – the travel schedule becoming so much less efficient and injuries. So to bring this back to the bubble, I think it's going to be positive that we're not playing two games, especially when you get into the finals,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not playing two games somewhere in the Eastern conference and then having to travel and go play in the Western conference and then having to come back and then one game each at the, if it goes to seven games instead of the two games at the beginning. I think I think players are going to feel better. I think they're going to feel more rested. The difference between okay, we finished game two. I'm going to go shower and hit my hotel room instead of we finished game two. Let me go shower and then get to the airport and then get on an airplane and then travel and then have to disembark and then get to my hotel room. Like I think Multiple that's time be zones too right. Exactly.
0: So that that's I think that's a key thing is not having to worry about. Okay, we have a game in East Coast, but then we have Denver two days from now, or right. we should just say Denver and then going East Coast. Well, that's that's a three-hour shift right there, or a two-hour it's shift. Also,
2: Denver, Denver should always be able to beat everybody all the time, <laughs> 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 yeah. playing way up in the mountains where they do. Like I don't understand how they're not just always better conditioned than
1: any other NBA team. I have plus the airport, like an hour travel. So anyone, you, you, that's why players always complain about Denver because it's such a huge disadvantage. Because it's not like, oh, the airport's there. It's like you have to, the airport's away from the city, so you have to yeah. land, and it's like, and anyone that's been to Denver, like I went, the, the air is thin. Like I know people joke about it, but it is thin up there. You're just like, whoo, just going up to the stairs. But yeah, um, one thing I do want to add about the injuries is you do bring, bring up a good point about how since the computer's done it, I've also heard that arguments that. With back to the whole AAU thing, because a lot of these kids have so much more mileage on their knees and legs compared to players back then. Like Kenny Smith was like, "Oh, like you just have high school basketball, and then like my other experience with basketball would be playing with my friends, you know." But now it's like you don't have that. You have these kids playing nonstop all summer. So by the time they get to the league, and then now you add this too, where it's just um, they have to spend so much more time because they have to do those cross travels. Because you'll see those crazy back-to-backs where it's like. Boston opens at Boston, and they got to go fly in LA, and then uh, they got to play the Lakers. They get a one or two day break. They'll get those three games in four days, and then they got to face the Clippers, and then come back to Boston. So,
0: I've always thought, okay, fine, get the machine to do the schedule at first, and then get a second or a third set of eyes that are people that be like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, this road trip doesn't make too much sense right now because you're in California two, for two games, and then you are in Atlanta for the third game with it all. So, cause I remember on ESPN when they would do a highlight for one of the top teams, they go on the, it was called like the wild West road trip. And it was, you would play every single team in Texas. That was your road trip. And I remember mm-hmm. that cause it was, I think it was the like, last time I met, saw it mentioned on, it was like sports center, like 2008 with the Celtics. And I remember it was such a big deal. Cause they're playing against Tracy McGrady. Then they're playing against Tim Duncan, and then they were playing against Dirk Nowitzki. So it was playing top teams. But I digress. We digress from that. We'll, we'll get to that maybe a little bit later. But out of these bottom seeded teams, if you are one of the LA teams, because those are going to be the two that are going to be at the t- top, and then or the Bucks, who would you want to play against in that first round,
1: Josh? Well. If you were the Lakers, I would I would be crossing my fingers that if Portland <laughs> Portland you're somehow pulls off a miracle and jumps uh, leapfrogs into the eighth seed, or then you get the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that they'll either beat the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, or Portland if they face all three. But the thing is, Pelican has that revenge factor, and no one knows that team better than Portland because they have a bunch of it, you have like all these old Lakers alumni. If that makes any sense, but It's not like they graduated. They were like, they had the transfer. It's like the principal. It's like Magic Johnson said, hey, you guys can get your degree. Just not here. Just go go to New Orleans. When you get into the 70s, that kind of gets a little bit weird because then you really ask yourself, like, do you want to face, do you kind of cross your fingers and hope OKC slips a bit? Because OKC is a more consistent team. The Mavs are a little bit more of a question mark, if that makes any sense. But the Mavs, Mm -hmm. to me, have much higher, much, much, much higher ceiling. Because Luca and Chris um is still coming off the uh, the ACL, so you could tell. And players usually their first season back, regardless of what sport, they're kind of they're kind of a little bit of a shell. It's the next season, and then also Luca's just so young. So you know what you got with OKC. You you know what you can do to stop Danilo, Shea, um, and Chris Paul. They're, they're, they're a solid roster, but you're really hoping that the Mavs are are going to be able to jump a couple places, and then you're hoping for maybe. Maybe getting a little OKC, or maybe too with the how upset Utah is. If Utah somehow falls all the way down, because there is kind of a there is kind of a logjam in the West when it comes to the from the three to seven spot, and it really just depends. You never know how because because some teams can come out here and how much variables are. are. They like the team like for example, I know we're talking so much crap about the Suns, but what if the Suns come in and they pull off a vehicle and they win all eight? How yeah. does that upper seeds because they only play one team. That affects their eighth seed, if that that's what I mean. So the NBA scheduled all these games for the Suns as like, oh, you're going to be easy warm-ups for these upper echelon West teams and upper echelon East teams. But then they come in and they just ruin everyone's uh, everyone's seeding. So. Suns' is schedule, I'm looking at it, not an easy
0: one either. So start off with the Wiz, <laughs> but then Mavs, and then Clips, and then Pacers are still solid because they even with Depot, they were still winning. And mm-hmm. They got the Heat, they got the OKC, 76ers, and they end off with the Mavs. So, a bunch of consistently good teams. Mavs are, I love the Mavs, they're a bit of a wild card. Either they're really good, or it's like, oh, I can tell that you guys are still learning how to do stuff. And then you mm-hmm. have the Wizards where it's like, okay, what you see is what you get, and then Bradley <laughs> beat them. So, yeah. that's one reason why I'm knocking the Suns, because when you just have Devin Booker and your next best player is like Kelly Oubre. Like, He's not playing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's not playing either. So, I mean... I'm surprised Devin Booker hasn't asked for a qu- trade yet. Jade, what about you? Who would at, like in the Western conference, who would you rather be playing against?
2: Yeah, I, the sun's jumped out for me too. I kind of just feel like in spite of whatever their seating um, schedule is, when you're looking at a seven game series, I, I have to think that the Clippers and the Lakers would be looking at Phoenix and, and, and like, yeah, that's a four game out. Like that's, That's that's the easy, that's an easy series for, I think, for those two teams against Phoenix.
0: Which team would you be afraid of?
2: If I was the Lakers or the Clippers, I don't know if I'm afraid of anybody in the first round. I don't think I am. I, I think my biggest worry would be going to seven games. I'm not worried about getting eliminated. I think I would be worried that somebody takes more games than you'd want it to take in the first round. I think OKC might take more games than would be expected. Uh, I think Denver might also take more games than expected. I don't think ultimately they're going to win.
0: But Denver's like, the new regular season team.
2: Yeah, but um, if I'm the Clippers and the Lakers, I'm not worried about anybody in the first round. Not genuinely.
0: <laughs> not really. Well, then we'll just switch it over to the Eastern Conference. If you were the Bucks, who would you not want to Jade Because, I mean, That's you've like- got... Between got the like, Wizard.
2: Orlando and Washington, like, again,
0: not working. <laughs> but, like, look at – it's hard with the Eastern Conference with that one. Like, really, <laughs> yeah. like, the top part of the Eastern Conference is, like, oh, no, like, this is what a playoff situation looks like. It's a bunch of really good teams right there. But they just drop off so, so fast. fast. This year. So fast. I don't get it. <laughs> like, great yeah. talent. And the rest of it is – I don't even want to say G League because they put their heart and soul in it. Some of these younger teams that do poorly, it's like, nah, you guys are just playing right now.
2: And, I mean, I think for some of those teams, it's just not the right situation. Like, the 76ers, they need a coaching change. They need to pick between Simmons and Embiid and build a squad around one of them instead of trying to keep them both together. Like, it's not that they're not a talented team. It's just that they're not constructed well right
0: now. It it's like the Nets when they got Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and they had Darren Williams and Joe Johnson. It was like all these superstars on one team and it was like, man, this is a super dysfunctional squad right now. <laughs> you got Joel Embiid, you got Tobias Harris who's in, who's just a walking bucket. Al Horford is one of the most underrated passing big men and one of the underrated defensive player, former all-star. And then you got Embiid and Simmons or and then Richardson as your starting lineup, and you're still having issues getting to get to that third and fourth spot. They're a letdown team. I say that. Granted, I hate the team, so that's not really fair on my their point. But speaking of the Nets, should they just throw the towel in, Josh? Like, really, just throw the towel in? They have no one.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the if you can if you're the Raptors and you can hold through that tough schedule, uh, you're kind of lucky because you're either going to get the Nets, the Magic. Or somehow the Wizards, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, the Nets. I mean, they're just kind of there to for TV ratings, if that makes any sense. Because you look at it, there are local TV deals where you have to hit X amount of games to get that money. So at least they're uh, they're on that end. But when you look at it, they're just not really. They're not. There's not really anything for them to do other than increase the trade value of Jared Allen. Because Kyrie kind of showed their hand, and he kind of schoolyard picked and announced. He's like, these are my boys. This is the team we're going to have. We're going to have KD. It's going to be me. We're gonna have DeAndre, and when you look at the list, Dinwiddie and Jared Allen weren't on there. And Jared Allen was—he uh, he played phenomenal the earlier in the season, but DeAndre Jordan kind of outshined him when you when you start looking at statistics. But I feel like you have to build with Jared Allen going in the future. But they look like they're not building at all. They fired Kenny Atkinson. Looks like they're in win now. So I think that's their whole point is just kind of just hey, go out there, increase your trade value, and then hopefully we can send you to a good place, get some pieces back. They're just they're just shopping around.
0: Nets are doing the exact same thing that they did like 10 or like eight years ago. It's doing the exact same thing. And the only difference is that team was filled with leaders. This team is a bunch of players that we just want to play basketball. We don't want to lead. So, more talented squad, but how much can talent take you without leadership? That's my thing. Oh, Nets, uh, I'm looking at the roster. Nets' best player right now that's playing Joe Harris. So, Let's build a team around Joe Harris, you guys. <laughs> you're, who else are you pairing up uh, Joe Harris with? Josh is is Jared Allen the best person, or do we got another option like Tor- Torian Prince with them?
1: Oh, I mean, you just going be running. Joe Harris is just going to look like Kyle Korver, but I I think they're just going to be they're they're going to be an easy an easy bounce. I think Mad the Magic have a chance to jump up to the seventh seed with against them. I just don't know. They're just they're really devoid of talent coming in there. So we'll see. I just don't see the Wizards because the Wizards are six games down from them and the Wizards have a pretty hard schedule. I don't see them. I see the Nets, uh, g- like, cruise into the playoffs and then we're going to be forced to watch J- uh, Joe Harris and uh, Terion Prince just really uh, uh, pick and rolls. I usually take pride, in knowing, take pride in knowing a lot of players.
0: And I was looking at that Nets <laughs> team and I was like, it was like when I graduated, I was like, who's this person? They'd be like, <laughs> it's Steve Johnson. I'm like, huh? I'm like, huh? Who are you? So, no, that's that was oh, me when that, I'm looking at the Nets roster. So, see, we I, got all the schedules I, set. At the end of it all, is this the bottom seat? What is going to be more competitive? These bottom seed fight or the actual playoffs? Because you might be seeing a little bit more of heart from these bottom seated teams. They're a little bit younger, so they got a little bit more feist in them. Like, do you see anything that can really do an upset with things attack into the playoffs or the actual playoffs itself?
1: I think it's gotta be the actual playoffs. I think the path of the playoffs, because when you really look at it, the only question mark is for if you're going to make it or not is in the West, the East is kind of locked up. The only, the only question mark now is who's going to go through between two to six. And then even then, if you could start doing process elimination, you're like, okay, Philly's really healthy. Um, they're really tough to play at ho- uh, home, but they're atrocious on the road. So to- throw that all on there. Pacers look like they can drop a couple of games. So I think the actual playoffs is what's going to be exciting. I think everyone's circling the second, uh, second rounds on both sides because that's when we start really getting into the nitty gritty and we start getting those tough matchups where you might get Raptors versus Celtics, Heat versus Bucks. So. I think that the I think the first couple rounds, but we might see him some exciting basketball because these people they're still trying to get acclimated to playing and they've been off for it. so we might see some crazy things. We might see somebody go for a dunk and then it misses. So we'll see.
0: I want to see the first major dunk. I want to see who gets that first highlight with it all. But Jade,
1: same they question. Say, uh,
0: they might just oh. put a red carpet
1: just for him. ESPN's like you got to do something, please. They said just like recycling <laughs>
0: content. We just need you to go out there. We set this playoffs to make sure that you were in this set. Um, But, Jade, same Uh, thing going back to to you then. What is a bigger deal? Is it the play-in or the playoffs?
2: I think the playoffs is always a bigger deal. But I think in terms of the seeding games, it's going to be more interesting in the West than in the East. In the East, it's almost just like a formality because the Wizards happen to be within six games that they're really doing that at all. It it could have easily been in the East that just the eight playoff teams would play those games for final seeding, and there would not be any question of is somebody going to get knocked out. Like, that was a hair's breadth away from happening based on what the records were. So I think the play-in games are going to be more interesting in the West. I think there are more teams in the West with more of an interest to be in the playoffs you got the Pelicans. You got OKC, who nobody was really talking about to start the season. Denver with skinny Jokic. I think he's gonna have some a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Dallas. I think Dallas is always a possibility to be a surprise. Birds are trying to to keep their playoff run alive. Like I think there are more interesting stories going into the West that could make the seeding games a little bit more exciting. I'm not expecting a lot of excitement in the seeding games in the East. So I think we're going to get more out of the West for the seeding games and the playoffs. And in the East, it's really going to start to be interesting once the playoffs start.
0: Speaking Uh, of that Spurs team, which team in the lower seeds are you surprised are there, either being that good or being that bad, Jade?
2: It's always Phoenix, cause like Phoenix was so bad last year, they were not even in striking distance of the playoffs, and they still like when I think of the team, I'm still like, who's scoring all the points besides Devin Booker? Like, how did they get to a point where they're fighting for a playoff spot? And I don't, I don't get to see their games very much. They're
0: not a, a big interest, so I don't Wait, get them. Are you televised. telling me Canadians don't watch Arizona basketball? Not so much, no. What? <laughs>
2: Who oh, would have thunk? I try and keep up with the stats and highlights as much as I can, but like, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I know if I'm not watching a team, you know, every other week, I'm missing a big pick part of the picture. So I'm not sure what the change was with Phoenix from last season when they were, like, I feel like they were almost the bottom of the league last year
0: to get all the way to where they're in like, striking distance of the playoffs. That's, yeah. I mean, they had the number one overall pick two years ago with DeAndre Ayton, and they're still, they're still a lottery pick team going into the playoffs, which yeah. I think is ridiculously unfair, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what team are you surprised that's in their current position, either exceeding expectations or really letting down?
1: So I'll start with uh, exceeding. I do agree with you on the whole thing because when you look at it, I feel like Monty Williams was an early coach of the year candidate, especially with w- what he was able to do with that team. Because if you look at them too, they were, they were like a, a three seed in the West first to the NBA. You're like, How did this happen? And then Aiden got slapped with that uh, HGH suspension. And then when you look at the personal middle-of-the-road team. So that that was very surprising just to, because the Suns are just a poverty franchise. there's just no slow way to, to, to go around it. They're a team that had – Three point guards, a three-headed dragon and Eric Bledsoe, Gordon Dragic, and um, Isaiah Thomas. And then now their issue is they just can't find one. And then when you look at the history of their picks, it's like Dragon, Bender. And you, you just look at it, it. just make poverty franchises moves. Like, they, it's not that they haven't had chances to like ascend. It's just that every time they did it, it's just something. That's why I want, you give Monty Williams a lot of credit for doing what he was able to do. And then I think a biggest disappointment in I guess you also too you can make a, a big surprise is OKC because a lot of people assume that OKC wouldn't be in the position they thought they were tanking. They were like, oh, the only reason they can't they're not trading Chris Paul is cause his contract's too big. Next season when it's only a one and one, then they'll ship him out. But that's not true, because if you look at it, they they, they could have traded Danilo Gallinari, but they held on. They're they're a playoff team and they're a top five seed in the West. So that's a huge surprise. I think biggest disappointment is you have to go maybe with uh, the Rockets, because when you're when you think about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, you're like, oh, they're easily going to be a top three team to compete. And now you got to give them a little bit of a leeway because they're going with a mad scientist. No one on the roster is over six foot six. Uh, poor PJ Tucker has to play all those minutes. So when you look at him, they are a bottom. They're they're the sixth seed in the West. They are actually have the same record as the Mavericks. So they could be the seventh seed facing the Clippers, and which is crazy to think about. Because when you look at it, you're like, man, they were so much better with Chris Paul. Because they're not that far long ago where they almost surpassed the Warriors, and we would have seen them versus t- uh, Toronto. We would have had a James Harden versus Kawhi matchup. A uh, uh, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry. Which when you think about it, you're like, man, that, that really wasn't that long ago. Now the Rock. Now you have OKC who has a better record. Because if I told you who do you think would go further, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, or Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari, or Chris Paul and Shea Gilchrist, you'd be like, you're crazy. Like you have gotta go with the Rockets. But no, here we are right now. OKC's a fifth seed. Don't forget I about the giant kiwi. The Adams. Yeah.
2: I'm not sold on Harden. I I don't think he plays winning basketball in terms of the big wins. The Rockets are exactly where I expected them to. Be, honestly. I'm I'm just not sold on the combo. I'm not sold on the Harden's play style. I'm not sold on... I like Russell Westbrook. I don't think he's ever been in the right um, system for, for what he's capable of doing. I don't think he's ever had a coach that's flexible enough to make the
0: best use of him. Gotta go play for Greg Popovich.
2: The Sixers are a disappointment. Last summer when Ben Simmons was working on his jump shot, and there was all the video of him hitting hitting jumpers in in those work those camps that he was in in the summer. Difficult turnaround, fading jump shots. I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. And then he didn't bring his shot to to the actual season. So that I think that that was a big disappointment for me because I do really like Ben Simmons. I like his game. Every time I watch his highlights, like the way he moves is incredible.
0: It's a thing. Embiid being on his team kind of lowered his ego a bit because you don't hear much of him. You just hear Embiid, so. Well,
2: I mean, there's not enough enough air on any team for Embiid's ego and somebody else's. That's just, (laughs) that's never going to happen.
0: Put James Harden and Embiid on the same squad. Oh, geez. I'd pay money for that fight. (laughs) HBO's got a pay-per-view event for that already set up.
1: The issue with Sixers though is, I feel like they're just always. Well, the issue is when you when you draft for talent, like they do, you end up hitting on so many picks. But when you draft on talent, then there's no fit. Because like when when Simmons is out, Embiid is amazing. Um, because then you have four people who can space the floor. You don't have Simmons, who's a dead weight in the half court. Um, and then it's the reverse when Embiid's out and Simmons is has an extra guy who can run with him. They're amazing because Simmons is ambidextrous. He understands the floor so well but Embiid's not going to be able to run he's huffing and puffing right and then it's the, they just don't complement each other which wh- when you look at him when Embi- when Embiid was out Simmons was able to get these iconic wins against the Clippers and he locked down as one on one reverse when Joel Embiid uh, when Joel Embiid was playing it was just by himself Joel Embiid when you look at the statue, you're like how did Embiid have 40 points and 20 rebounds but when you look at it, it, it it's just they just don't complement each other they're two superstar players but you can find you could find them fits on better teams it's just it's just you know what I mean? They just don't mesh. That's the issue with them.
0: Yep. That's that's the thing. When you can just put a bunch of talent together and you're just like, I pray to God that this all works out. And then it mm-hmm. doesn't because you bought your way in with it. It didn't work out. So we hit up the stuff that I had questions for you guys this week. And we're going to swing into the fast break. First, fast break today is pre- presented by uh, PropMe. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan like us. It has peer-to-peer battling marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform and it includes esports. So if you like video games, it's got it right there. It's a company that leads in social wagering and innovation. Uh, join PropMe on Google Play Store or Apple App Store. Sign up and join the movement today. Okay, so fast break for the day today. Okay, first question, Josh, since it is your first time on here. What team could be the
1: Believe team, like the 08 Warriors? The Believe team? So does it have to knock out a number one seed? It could
0: be, uh, I'll give it an eighth or seventh seed knocking out a one
1: or two team. Okay. Eight or seventh seed knocking out a number one. It's tough because that was like a perfect storm because that that run and gun Warriors team was really able to... Kind of beat that lumbering slow Mavs team. It was just kind of like a matchup, perfect, made in heaven, especially too, because they weren't, they didn't have like four spacing power forwards uh, not like they do then. So it was kind of like an enigma, that Warriors team. So I guess if you had to say it, if I had to pick one team, my belief team would be what, what if the Rockets got knocked down to the seventh, right? And then they faced the Clippers. Because then that, that's the only reason that Warriors team, is because they were Enigma. People were like, Al Harrington shooting? Like, what is this team? You got like three point guards running at the same time? And like, Dirk you're like, okay, we can't play Dirk Nowitzki at power forward and a center. Like, we just can't keep up with these guys, you know? So I think that, well, if you're going to have something like that, you're going to have a Rockets. Um, I just don't see it happening in today's league because it's not uncommon to be like, okay, uh, we're not going to run with any, uh, we're going to run with a small lineup where Montrezl Harrell is six foot nine. So um, it's not as co- uncommon, but if I had to see it, I just think that the Rockets have so much uh, talent. I just, I don't see them beating the Clippers, but if I had to pick a team that could shock, I would pick if the Rockets drop down to the seventh and face dropped the Clippers. Down to the seventh? Yeah. Okay.
0: Jade, what about you? Who is the, who is the potential we believe team this year?
2: I have to go, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between the Mavs and the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Grizzlies have just outperformed in every way this season. And I, I think they have a little bit of that nobody expects anything from us kind of thing that sometimes throws a wrench in the works when you see a a, a higher-seeded team that maybe doesn't take them quite as seriously as they should. And then the Mavs also... Just such a super talented team. And I think they're one of those handful of teams in the league that are are greater than the sum of their parts as a team. I think they have potential to, to surprise some people, even this season. I don't think there's a deep run in the works for them, but I think they could be that team that is like, oh, crap, the series is going way longer than we expected it to go.
0: Okay, okay. 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 So next question, we'll swing it over to Jade this time. So are the lower seated teams, you know, every year with the playoffs and stuff, there's always that one player that just comes out of nowhere. Jade, who is that one player that you could see completely blowing up on those lower seated teams?
2: Um, I I kind of, as much as I, I don't like the Blazers, I mean, Dame is one of those showtime, in-the-moment players. And if I wasn't if I wasn't questioning how competitive the Blazers were going to be, he would be that answer for me without very much hesitation. But because I am wondering if they're gonna how much they're gonna bother, I would like to see Lonzo Ball for the Pelicans come out and like I think he's capable of so much more than we've seen so far. I've seen a big improvement in his game since he put some distance between himself and his loudmouth father. Really? Uh, So (laughs) I would just like to see that ball keep rolling and for him to be like a bit of a story in the playoffs to, to, I don't know, just come out of kind of, I think he's been in a bit of a shadow that he doesn't need to be in. I'd like to see him, you know, look for his own shot as much as he's
0: looking to pass. Everyone is paying attention to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. He can now just focus on learning how to play the game yeah. to his potential. I like that pick a lot, Jade. Josh, what about you? Who is a player that you see that in the, one of the lower level teams that they're just going to blow up, even if it's just the eight game plan or going into the playoffs?
1: Well, she did the nail on the head. She took mine with Dame because before Dame went out with that uh, knee injury, he was just I uh, used just lighting. He was just lighting fools up like that team. It looked like because you were scratching your head, you're like, oh, we were really worried about the Blazers uh, uh, taking the eight seed a little bit more than because the Pelicans were losing some winnable games. They were losing to the Mavs. But then when Dame got hurt and he missed those two weeks and it looked like he came back early, he was he was kind of the shell of his former self. But if I had to pick, I would probably be in the east and I think it would be Beal. Because now that there's no Bertons, there's absolutely no one on there who's going to want to shoot the ball. Beal's already had a couple 40-point games already. I could see Beal, especially in this weird – I could see Beal probably having like a 60-point game. I think Gilbert Arenas is probably sweating because I'm sure he's going to break one of his records or something in this, this eight-game stretch. I'm not sure which one, either most missed shots or most made shots. But in the West, I think Brandon Ingram's a perfect example. I think Lonzo's in the best position. I think Lonzo has the potential to be the best guard, defending guard, um, in the league. Uh, it's hard when you start going to forwards. He has a size to guard forwards, but then you start going like, you know, he's not better. He's not gonna be better than like Kawhi or uh, like Ben Simmons and all those guys. But for guards, I think he has a size and everything. But I think Brandon Ingram because he he's just he was just scoring so efficiently, and he's not even the number one option on that team uh, when teams try and ice him. But he should be because he's the one who's winning him games, and he's the guy hitting the game winners. Until Zion develops that shot, because Zion can't really still can't really create for himself or for others yet he's a good passer way better than everyone was advertising coming out of duke that's what i was surprised about but brandon ingram's the guy that's gonna for you for this pelicans team right now he's the guy that's gonna when the play breaks down and there's five seconds left he's gonna be the one that wins you the games and i think if the pelicans they're kind of set up with the easy schedule i think if they get hot i definitely see Brandon ingram having some phenomenal games against the lakers early in the playoffs
0: i hope drew holiday does something too i think having drew holiday on that pelicans team is really going to help them out as well Because he's just, Mm -hmm. when it comes to underrated players, he's probably on the number one or number two on that list for most underrated. So, yeah, I think anyone on New Orleans for me would be that option just because they all have so much potential, anyone on that team. Okay, last one, last question of it. We're going to do, start it off with Jade. What's going to have better ratings, the first game back or the first game of the playoffs? Oh, Got it. been waiting for her to say that today. That's, t- that's a <laughs> tough
2: one. Just because the first game back is the first game back. We've been waiting for so long to have basketball back again. It's this really unique situation. Yeah, it's like it's unprecedented, right? I think people are going to be interested to see how things kind of shake out. I think it's going to be the first game back because i think there's going to be i think that big interest is there i think there's going to be a little bit of a drop off because it's the early rounds of the playoffs and i think a lot of the matchups are going to be ones we know what the outcome's going to be before even the first tip off so i think the first game back will have high and then there'll be a bit of a dip and then as we get into like the second round i think of the playoffs it's going to come back
0: up Get closer to the finals and everything yeah. okay okay josh same question What's going to have better ratings, basketball being back or the heat of the playoffs?
1: I think basketball just being back, especially because that first game is kind of like the it's kind of like the dinner entree and dessert. It's the battle of L. A. It's the, both Lakers and Clippers. It would be like one thing. I then I looked out of curiosity on the broadcasting schedule. Not all these games are broadcast. I thought it was going to be like the summer league. You know how they put just every game on back to back. God, like, I they love don't that. Have games on. They don't have like Portland versus Suns, so. I think that that first game back is going to – I think it's just going to be – especially because there's no sports, I I think there's such a buildup. Because even if you don't like NBA, you're like, oh, I'm just going to watch it. Oh, I know this LeBron character. I know this Kawhi character. Like, I guess I'll just watch it. It's entertaining. So I feel like that one's going to be the – like what everyone's going to watch. And I think the playoffs are going to drum up some interest too. But I think that first game back is going to be huge, especially because there's there's no competition. Just like how the last dance broke all these – Documentary, ESPN, um, like viewership ratings, but when you look at it, you're like, would have it really done that if there was just absolutely nothing else on? Maybe but I don't think
0: so. So we'll see. Also, with the Last Dance, Jordan took it personally, so <laughs> that's why the Last Dance was like how it is because <laughs> he took it personally. <laughs> um, <very> personal, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got the bottom feeders of the playoffs. i spoken about we have our picks for what's going to be it looks like we're going to kind of be keeping the same playoff seeds if we're looking at what we said see well unless do you guys have anything to say before we call it a day
1: no just thank you guys for having me on it was a pleasure
0: well we're glad that you were able to take time out of this Mm -hmm. crazy times that is the world right now to give your takes for Mm -hmm. nba basketball right now Mm -hmm. on that note jade joss see you again bye